Y'all doing well? So good to be here. So good to be here. Had some extra items on my on my table today. I don't know where this is, but I'm gonna clean this up. I'm gonna call the cleaning crew and say, hey, help a brother out. It's okay. It's all right. Is everybody feeling good? Y'all awake? Okay. I just 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 curious because it's a little little flat in worship. We're going to have to have some worship training for out here. They're going to they're going to work. Scripture says that I want I want men everywhere to lift holy hands. Y'all know that? Your hands are holy because the Lord says they are. You come in, you get your hands dirty serving doing the work of the ministry out in the world, but they're still holy. And so as Paul writes to Timothy, he says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands. That's not Old Testament. That's New Testament, all right? He just, I'm just churching you a little bit. I got several important dates that I want you to keep in your memory bank or your, your little pen pad, your, your, your whatever it is that you keep your notes on, your good notes in your, in your iPad, whatever it is. Uh, so number one is this Thursday, we have our interest meeting for Israel. This Thursday at 6 p.m. in our Thrive Cafe, we have a, an interest meeting. We're just going to talk about the, what's going to happen in June 2021 as we go to Israel. If you're interested in going, talk about the details there. That way I can get every, all that information together. Uh, our equip class, we have an equip class coming up this Saturday. It's going to be talking about leading, leading at leadership and shaping culture. So we start with hearing God, but then it starts going into more of a kingdom culture uh, lifestyle, knowing how to, how to honor God in your home honor God in your workplace, and shape culture in both of those places, and then also in the church as well. Is this a little hot? Is this mic a little hot? It seems a little strong. I don't know. Maybe it's me. And then also, next Sunday at 1045, immediately following this, this worship experience, we have our Thrive Tribe leader and host interest meeting. And so if you're interested in leading a small group here uh, anywhere in the county or outside, if you're coming from outside and you think, well, I can gather some people together and we can do life together. We can encourage one another. We can have talk about scripture. We can pray together and we can talk about our next steps of our journey, the spiritual journey that God has you on because he has each of us on a spiritual journey. I think I can help somebody along or I want to be a part of that group. We'll come here, 1045, we'll at Life Cafe, we'll talk about that, and I'll give you some information, So, and then we'll start developing you in that direction. So that's that so far. Uh, but we're talking today, we're in our Transformed series, we're talking about how to deal with how you feel. This should be easy to remember. This is one of my favorite subjects. Last week we talked about the mind. The week before that we talked about your physical body and stress and what it does. And we also talked about how to take care of your physical body. And we started this whole thing out with being spiritually healthy. Because we need to be spiritually healthy. It starts on the inside and starts to work its way out. And so uh, the, the mind was, was very, very interesting because we talked about the, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that is a challenge, isn't it? And we talked about all the... the 60,000 thoughts that run through our minds, and we said, hey, we need to filter those through the Word of God. And, and that's a great discipline for everybody, everybody to practice. But yet still, it's a discipline, meaning you have to disciple yourself to do that. Well, we're talking about feelings, and the reason we talked about mind first, because your, your mind thinks things, and then you start to feel certain things. Today is probably one of the most freeing conversations that we will have throughout this whole 
uh, series right here because when you start to really deal with your feelings, you'll realize going backwards, wait a minute, my thinking's messed up, maybe my stress level's too high, and maybe I just need to get right spiritually, and then going forward as we talk about these next conversations with relationship, uh, finance, and then vocation, you'll start to see how maybe some of you might need to wrestle with what we're going to go through today and your feelings. And so, how to deal with how you, what you feel. Mark 12:29 says this, the most important commandment is this, you must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. You must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, everything. So we're talking about understanding your emotions, and I'm going to give you four things you need to know about understanding your emotions. Number one is God has emotions. God is a God of, of, of love. He has a righteous anger. You know, you know God gets righteous anger, not just angry, but a righteous anger. But it, it, hatred towards sin, you know, God feels those things. He has grief. God grieves. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, also, pain, etc. things along those lines. And, and you have feelings. God, God has feelings, and because God has feelings, you, because you are like God, that means you have feelings as well. And then, if God was not a God of love, there would be no love in this world, right? Well, number two thing you need to know is that my ability to feel actually is a gift from God. It may not feel like that sometimes, but you may not understand that, but whether negative or positive, your feelings actually are a gift from God. And look at this in Genesis 1.26, says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image in our likeness. So God wanted you to be like him in this aspect, so he gave you emotions. All right, so you need to know that. It's okay to have emotions. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to break this down a little bit further. There's two extremes, however. There's two extremes to avoid. You have the emotionalists, emotionalism, and all that, all that matters is how I feel. These people just follow their feelings everywhere they go, and what happens is their feelings are their master. Then there's the other extreme. You got the emotionalism over here, then you got this other extreme, and that's stoicism. Stoicism is, you know, it, it, feelings aren't important at all. The only thing that matters is my volition, my intellect, and my will. And these two are at complete opposite extremes, and what's uniquely funny is they oftentimes find each other and marry each other. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I would be the stoic in my relationship. <laughs> You know who that is? You know what that says about the woman I married, which I love so much. I love you. You bring life to my life. You got, you got, the, you got the stuffer, and then you got the gusher, right? You got, you got the one stuffing everything, and you got the one just spewing everything out. But there's actually churches, there's actually denominations, and there's religious sects that staple themselves. They found themselves on these two extremes. No, you have to be stoic, and it's all about my intellect, it's all about knowledge, and feelings don't matter. They need to die. And you have this other side that is, no, my feelings are all the truth, and my truth comes from my feelings, and my feelings never lie. But actually, God has an amazing center point that he wants to lead the stoics and the emotionalists to that is more of a godly-like mentality and emotion and feeling and expression of his nature. From both of these over to this, and that is part the par process of us getting rid of our old nature and into our new nature that God is creating. 
So neither are true, though. God teaches us to worship him with emotion and passion and desire, and he uses words such as passion, joy, heart. He uses all these words to explore and and remind us that he wants us to worship him with heart and soul and mind and strength. Not just mind and not just heart, but all of these things with all of our strength. And so number four thing you need to understand is God gave us the book of Psalms to understand our emotions. Psalms is full of of pain and lamenting and fear and sorrow, but it's always followed with overcoming. The psalmist, every time they start to lament and and, and cry out and grieve and share their emotions, David, uh, he starts to say, but but God, but God, I, I can't stay over here in this emotional camp because God, and I can't be so stoic because God. God just shows up, and God does some amazing things in this. So let's dive a little bit deeper. Why I must, here's why I must learn to manage my emotions. Let's talk about that. Because my feelings are often unreliable. They're often unreliable. You can't trust everything you think, and you don't have to accept everything you feel. I want you to get that. You don't have to accept everything you feel. And there's going to be a lot of the context of what we're talking about today because your feelings are tied to your soul and your soul is the memory zone of your deepest hurts. Did you know that? And oftentimes your soul will respond to a situation out of its hurts before it responds in faith to a situation. In fact, it's almost impossible to your, for your soul to respond in faith to a situation unless your soul is subject to your spirit and your spirit is subject to the Holy Spirit. You see the order? Then your body starts to do and live according to the word of God and to the will of God. But because we have carried so many hurts in our soul and we haven't found healing for those hurts in our soul, oftentimes we don't want to subject ourselves to the spirit even though we may call ourselves believers. So you got a lot of fleshly believers, as scripture might call it. We're going to talk a lot more about this in about six weeks. We're going to have an equipped class called Finding Freedom, October 3rd. You'll know a lot more about what we're discussing today in depth, in detail. But today, we're talking about how to deal with those emotions right now because we're going through so many things. Proverbs 20, 14, 12 says this, there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it's no bueno. It leads to death. And I, but I thought, here, here's what my soul wants to do. Here's what my mind wants to do. Here's what my will wants to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Sounds really good. But not subjected to the Spirit of God, it, it doesn't have a great ending. It's more like a dead end. But your emotions are not infallible because the, you feel it doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Your worst life cycles are actually in bondage into to your unreliable feelings. Your worst life cycles. I want you to think about that. The cycles, the things that you just keep on doing. And every time this happens, I do this because they're in bondage to your unreliable feelings. Whenever this happens, I feel this and then I do this. And it's called a cycle. Life gets going so good, and then this happens. And I do this, I feel this, and then I do this. You get it? All right. Number two reason why I must learn how to manage my emotions is because I don't want to be manipulated. 
Does anybody, raise your hand if you want to be manipulated. All right, nobody. So if you don't control your emotions, they will control you. You're, you will be controlled. You will be manipulated by your moods. Think about it. I get in a mood swing. I do this thing, and I wish I wouldn't have done that thing. So I'm being controlled. I'm being manipulated. And it's not by anybody else, but it's actually by my moods. Other people also, if you are emotionally led or driven individual, other people will manipulate you. Think about this. TV ads, social media ads, newspaper ads, billboard ads, all ads always come with a, a hot guy or a hot girl or a hot rod, and there's this product in this very little small corner that they're trying to sell you, and what they're doing is stimulating an emptiness, a hurt, a desire, a longing, a, a, a sinful nature of your flesh, so that you'll buy this little bitty thing that you can barely see in the upper right corner, and from there, you think, your mind says, Oh, if you buy that product, you'll be just like this hot girl or hot rod or this hot guy. You'll have that automatically in your garage, and it's all yours because you bought this little bitty product, and you bought it on Amazon, and you got it $3 cheaper. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, and that's the exact truth. That's what they're doing. They're manipulating you, playing on your emotions, and they can't wait till it gets about 9.30 or 10 o'clock whenever your resistance down, is down, and you, you finally can't say no anymore, and you just get online right before you go to sleep, and you purchase that thing. I'm talking to some people. So Proverbs 25, 28 says this, like an open city with no defenses is a man with no check on his feelings. No check, no management, no order, no submission, no anything. You're not, you're not bringing it into order, into God's word. Proverbs 25, 28, in NLT, New Living Translation, says a person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Man, doesn't that sound wonderful? That is that's great. Not only are you defenseless against other people and other people allowing, allowing other people to manipulate you, but you're also defenseless against your old nature manipulating you. That's when your old nature starts to bring up things, those old moods. Something happens. Your old nature slaps you in the face with an old mood. And you don't want to do what you know to do what you ought to do, and what you believe to do is right. And so just like that, boom, old nature attitude and behavior starts to come to the forefront. And 15, 20, 30 minutes later, you're like, why did I do that? What have I done? Satan's favorite tool against you is a negative emotion. Fear, resentment, jealousy, bitterness, shame. To beat you up, to cause you to worry, to cause anxiety. What's he, what he wants to do is get you to whip around. I'm doing really good. My walk with Christ is good. I'm, I'm coming out of my devotion time, my quiet time with the Lord. I've been in my war room, my closet. And then my kids say something that I don't like. Or my spouse, or I get a call from work and something I don't like. And boom, he whips you around. And all of a sudden, that old nature starts to come to the front. Where'd that devotion time go? Where'd that worship, praising the Lord, and lifting up holy hands go? All of a sudden, old nature comes out, and feelings are riled up, and then, boom, you start to act like somebody you don't like, you don't recognize, or you don't want to recognize anymore, right? 
And if you don't know how to manage your emotions, then you will be helpless against Satan. If you don't know how to manage your emotions, you'll be helpless against your old nature. And you're being made new in Christ because you are a believer. It is, what the, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to recreate you and to make you new. It is the work of the human to surrender and yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. Change that nature. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be self-controlled and alert. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That, that explains itself. Number three, because I want to please God. I want to please God. I don't want to be manipulated by Satan, and I don't want to be manipulated by my old nature. Because I haven't learned how to manage my emotions. I don't want to be manipulated anymore just because I can't learn to manage my emotions. God can't lead my life if my emotions are leading my life. Jesus can't be Lord over my life if my emotions are Lord over my life. God can't be the God of my life because my emotions are on the throne room of my life. If I'm allowing myself to be, myself to be led emotionally in all of my decision making, God cannot be God. This is making sense. We're just going to dive a little bit deeper as we go, okay? So I don't want to be manipulated. You don't want to be manipulated. Romans 8, 6 and 8 says, To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Boy, that, that just sounds good. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. Cannot please God. If I want to please God, then I must learn to hear his voice over my emotions and be willing to subject my emotions to what his voice is telling me to do. Amen? All right, let's move forward. Number four is this, because I want to succeed in life. Because I want to succeed in life. And I think you want to succeed in life as well. And this is the number one indicator for your success in life. Your, your ability to manage your emotions. In fact, studies have proven that EQ, emotional quotient, is actually more important than IQ when it comes to, to, uh, to success. Do you know that? How I manage my emotions, how I become emotionally healthy, how I become restored, healthy, and whole in my emotions is more important, is more of a factor in my life, the success of my life, than my intelligence quotient. Good news for those of you who hated school. That is wonderful. It is wonderful. So we discussed last week our desires out of control control our lives, such as sex, status, and success, right? Now, God, God, it's not that God does not want us to be successful. But when the drive, for, and the, the drive for success starts to control our lives, that's when it becomes unhealthy. There's this, there's this ungodly thought, ungodly belief system that says because you follow the Lord, you need to be, live in poverty. No. There's nothing in God that equates to poverty. Nothing. When we are spiritually healthy, I'm going to show you the, the, the path of these message series. When we're spiritually healthy, we're taking care of our physical bodies, we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we get healed emotionally, then God puts us on his path of blessing for our lives. And when we're doing that, then he brings success his way, his idea of success for our lives and for our families. 
Our job is just to yield to the work, the continuing work of the Holy Spirit so he can do this work, this transformation, if you will, in our lives so that he can lead us to the ultimate destination of blessing and success for not only our lives but for the world around us. Proverbs 5.23 says this, People get lost and die because of their foolishness and their lack of self-control. Did you know the kingdom of God flows through relationships? You know, what does that mean? What does that mean? It, it is difficult for us to keep healthy, long-lasting relationships when we're not emotionally healthy. When we're, not, we're not emotionally intelligent. It's hard for us to keep people in our lives because of the damage or the things that we start to do or the things that we start to act and say and behave and the way we start to separate, whatever the, the, the issue is that continually creates broken relationships in our lives keeps us from moving successfully across the path that God has destined us for because king, the kingdom of God flows through relationships. But our, our life cycles and our need for healing starts to break those. So how many people have you heard have lost their reputation over a loss of self-control? How many, how many marriages broken over a loss or a lack of self-control? How many finances ruined over a lack of self-control? Kids hurt because of a lack of self-control. All over a loss of self-control. So what do we do? How do I manage unwanted feelings. Well, number one, you name it. I got to call it out. I got to identify it. I got to say that's what it is. It's not all of this. I've got to put a name to it. I've got to start to recognize here, what it, here is the real enemy. Here's the real problem. Here's really what is going on. Identify the emotion that you struggle with the most because you have an emotion or emotions that really get you in certain times of your life. And you can't manage a vague feeling. You've got to identify it. In business, you can't grow what you don't measure. In life, you can't manage and change what you don't identify and name. You ever heard the statement, uh, I'm just being in touch with my emotions? Being in touch with your emotions? You know, if someone asks you, are you, are you in touch? You, you ask a guy if he's in touch with his emotions, he goes, yeah, man, I know when I'm hungry, I know when I'm tired, and I know when I need a little bit of loving, if you know what I mean. That's a guy's way of identifying being in touch with his emotions. You ask a girl, you ask a woman, and she will give you this long list, this long book of things that excited her that day or bothered her that week. And none of those are emotions. Those are drives and experiences. And we're in touch with our drives and our experiences, but when it comes to emotions, we lack the ability. We lack the, the being in touch and intact with our emotions because those are just driving us into the things that are causing emotions. Being in touch with your emotions is, being, is feeling something that wants to steer your thoughts, your life, your desires, and you're able to identify and call that emotion out and subject it as it is, the, def the definition of what it is, and bring it into the reality of what, how do I identify this with what God's Word says. 
That's me being able to, I feel things, I'm going through things, there's things that are going on in my heart, and they want to cause chaos, but I'm able to identify it and call it exactly what it is so that it doesn't control me. I figure out how to deal with that emotion directly and not be confused about how that emotion wants me to act out and live out, which causes further destruction and life cycles in my life. Does that make some sense? So ask, what do I do? What do I do? Some, you know, it's actually, Allie will ask me from time to time when I'm so taxed, uh, I'm exhausted, I've been spent, I've been just giving, giving, giving. It's like, Nathan, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling this week? And I'll sit there and I'll say, I really don't know. Like, I'm so exhausted, I'm so done, I really don't know. And, and, I, and I feel like David sometimes. In Psalms 55, he says this, my thoughts are restless. That's me. I told you, I have like 100,000 thoughts a day. The average person probably has 60. I'm thinking about everything, how to do it, and I, I ruminate over that till I get it right in my head, and then I go and do it. But I'm, I'm, my thoughts are restless, and I'm confused. Ever, anybody ever felt that way? Let me give you two questions that will help you become an emotionally strong man or strong woman. Ask this when you're in those seasons. What am I really feeling? What am I really feeling? Like, this thing's happening, this is going on, but what am I really feeling? Because oftentimes, what you are really feeling is not what you're feeling. Does that make sense? Such as, uh, I'm feeling a little down today, I'm feeling depressed, or I'm feeling low. Really? But what's really going on? Well, I don't really, there's some things going on at work, and I really don't like it. I got criticized at work, and I really don't like that. Or... You know, things didn't work out in, work out today the way I hoped they would. Or, I really don't know how to navigate this season of my life. Now, those situations and circumstances start to make you feel things. And there's a gap between your understanding of how, how, how to identify what's going on, the confusion of what has gone on, and so your emotions and your feelings want to start to put something in that gap that causes you to feel a certain way. What is going on? I don't understand. Depression starts to sit in. I, I just can't get it. I just can't work this thing out. Suicidal thoughts start to work their way in. I can't feel, I'm starting to feel low. I'm starting to feel worried. I'm starting to feel anxious because I don't understand the outcome and I, don't, I can't register this with anything that makes sense for me. And so these things start to take place within. But the reality is those things of I'm feeling down, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling low, those things are just symptoms to what's really going on. So oftentimes we get so focused on the symptoms and we can't, we can't heal the symptoms until we start to get into the root of what's really going on, what's causing the problem. You get it? The fruit on the tree and how the fruit grows and the health of the fruit on the tree will show me how healthy the tree is and that, that will help me to identify what I need to do to the root system to strengthen that tree. And you are no different. The things that are going on in your life and how you're living, these are all symptoms to what's going on on the inside. All pointing to an issue that's in your soul, things that are in your feelings, things that are in your emotions, things that need to be healed in your mind, will, and your emotions. So the number two is, once I get it figured out, what are my triggers? What are my triggers? Remember last week we talked about Satan has this certain bait that he's always casting and can catch you with. Now, your bait is a little bit different from somebody else's bait. 
and then their bait is a little di- different from somebody else's bait. But there's this thing that so easily entangles you, or when, when, when he just throws it out, you just, you snap, and it, boy, you, you, you grab it, and you run with it. For however long you're running with it, you're running with it. What are the triggers in your life that every time you feel this emotion, that triggers something in you that causes you to act like someone you don't recognize? Again, that you don't, or you don't want to recognize. What is that trigger? What is that thing? If you... Because if you can't talk about it, it's already in control of you. If you can't talk about the hurt or the fear that is in your life, it already has control over your life. I can't bring it to the light. It's controlling you and your decision making and your relationships and how you make the choices for your future and your family. It is affecting you. And it is affecting the generations that come after you. If you can't talk about it, If you can't talk it out, then you're going to take it out on someone who's close to you. And the more you swallow it or stuff it, the more you swallow it down, the more your your appetite takes an account. And your appetite continues to take account and account and account. And eventually, you're going to spew it up. And you're going to hurt somebody. Because emotionally wounded people always compound the emotional wounds into other people it's always a deliverance hurt people hurt people triggers can be sight they can be smelled they can be sound it could be the tone of my voice it could be it could be taste it could be any of those things it could be the volume it could be whatever it could be a place that you go to it could be walking walking into a church there could be triggers Start to make you feel something, make you, make you remember something, have emotions start to get stirred up. All those things start to take place. Number two, after you name it, you've got to challenge it. You've got to challenge it. Don't automatically assume it's, a correct, it's correct or accurate. Is what, you ask yourself, is what I'm feeling really true? Is, uh, is that real? Is it, is it as bad as I think it is? Is my life as good as I think it is? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> Are they, are they a bad, are my feelings as bad as I really am making them out to be? So challenge it. Put it under a scope. Name it, challenge it, deal with it. David would often go to God and ask him to examine him to see if what he is feeling is correct. Here's why. God knows you are dealing, what you are dealing with more than you do. And God knows what your triggers are even more than you do. And God knows how to walk you out of those triggers and unhealthy emotions better than you do. Psalms 26.2 says, Lord, cross-examine me. Test my motives and my affections. Test those things. And some of you, uh, some of these things you actually experience internally on a whole nother level, a deeper level, they're actually connected to some of your spiritual gifts, your personality types. Do you know that personality types are more inclined to certain emotions and feelings and pains than others? Do you know that, you know that God actually uses, once they've become godly, what, what healed, and, and they, they're starting to become set free, and they're surrendered to your spirit, to his Holy Spirit, you know God begins to awaken spiritual gifts that you carry, that he has designed for you. 
And then you start to feel in a healthy way, when you're healthy, you start to feel emotions that aren't even your emotions, but God's using those to speak to you about someone that is around you. Did you know that? That actually happens. We, are, that's, we would love to help you discover more of that. In fact, today, we have our, our next steps class immediately following this, and we want to help you to understand how to discover, develop, and deploy your spiritual gifts, how to understand your personality type, and how that helps you to carry the vision of the kingdom of God. You can stay right after it's free. We'll have lunch for you. Doesn't matter. I'll buy you a coffee. Whatever, whatever's going to keep you awake during that time. But get plugged in, though. It helps you get plugged in on a team, get some people around you. And so when you're struggling, when life is, has its struggles and your emotions want to stir up, or maybe somebody in life is starting to cause you to stir up some old emotions, you have some people to come around you and ask, how are you feeling? Is that real? What's really going on? How can I pray for you? There's power in community. There's power when you start to humble yourself and get open and allow, allow others to speak into your life. You know, Job had that. In 1512, Eliphaz asked Job, why has your heart carried you away? You ever know anybody, to, their, their heart just carries them away. And then he says, why do your eyes flash? You ever seen somebody get angry and all of a sudden their eyes start to twitch? <laughs> That's what he's saying. He goes, why are you getting so mad and start going away and run off on the deep end? And, and why do you get so angry your eyes start to twitch? That's what he's saying. Do you have anybody in your life that says, hey, is, what, is that a proper understanding of what you're feeling? Is what you're saying really true? Is that really what you want to do as you're making decisions through this emotional time? Do you have anybody that's in your life that can see that, speak into that, without you getting angry and your eyes flashing on them? All right. Do you have any accountability that, hey, I'm an open book, just speak into my life? Because you need it. You can't do this thing alone. And number three is this. Uh, I'm sorry, three, I'm going to give you three things to ask God for discovery. We're going a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. We're going we're gonna to get some emotionally healed people today. Three things to ask God for discovery. What's the real reason I'm feeling this way? What's the real reason I'm feeling this? It, it could be... It could be that every, something that is triggering you is connected to something maybe a mom or dad said when you were younger. Could have been something a coach said. Could have been something a pastor said. Could have been something a teacher said. Could have been something a friend said. Could have been some, something a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend said. These things that you carry into new relationships, new situations, new churches, new jobs, new anything. When it starts to feel like this, you think it's this. I, let me give you a, a, an example. Today, <laughs> I was on the way to work here, church, and my truck is a diesel truck, and you don't run out of fuel on a diesel truck. Well, I made the error. I had to come to this reasoning that I'm the one with the error. I made the error of not filling my truck up last week, and my wife used my truck yesterday or Friday one day without filling the diesel truck up. And so I'm pulling in, and that thing starts to, rah, 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 like, oh, Lord. And what it did was spark a memory because we were going to Tyler on one occasion and Austin on another occasion in the dead heat of summer, and we ran out of fuel, my fault. So I thought, well, we can make it to Brookshire's in front of the post office less than a mile away 
we run out of fuel, my fault. And you don't run out of fuel in a diesel, you know how that is. Well, in my mind, I'm just being honest, in my mind this morning, I'm thinking, I can't believe she didn't stop and, and fill up the diesel. She was right there. She knows she was with me both times when I ran. But then I thought, well, why didn't I? Because she didn't get it with a full tank of gas or a full tank of fuel. So I just wheeled on in to fill that thing up and thought, you know what? I need to start filling it up whenever it gets to this point. You know, it's easy. It would have been easy for my emotions and my feelings to start, start causing anger because they wanted to. They wanted to. <laughs> but is it right? Is it true? Is it helping or hurting my relationship with my wife? So I own it. I take it on. And I say, you know what? I need to set a different process in my own life to protect myself from getting upset. And when I do, it's on me. I don't have to blame others for my situation. I don't have to blame others to say, why didn't you do all these things so that my life would be better? I know I'm stepping on every toe in this house. (laughs) Is it true? Is it helping or hurting me? So I, I name it. I challenge it, and then I change it. Philippians, Philippians 2.5 says, your attitude should be the same as that as Christ. Zechariah 4.6 said, you will not succeed. We actually sang this in the second song, and we didn't talk about worship in, in the message, but you sang this. You may not know it. You will not succeed by your own strength or power. But we sang, not by my, I mean, sorry, but my spirit. She said, we sang, not by your power. Not by our power, but your power, but your strength. But by my spirit, says the Lord, all powerful. So you change it. You can change it. Number one, how do you do that? Every day, ask God to fill you, fill me with his Holy Spirit. Every day I wake up, Lord, will you just fill me with, my, fill me with your Holy Spirit? I need a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, you need to be baptized in the Spirit. And you can ask that. He says, if you ask, then you will receive. He says, you'll look for him. You'll find him if you search for him with all of your heart. Galatians 5, and 23 says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then to every day, ask God to help me manage my mouth. Lord, help me keep my mouth shut when I want to speak something that I shouldn't. Help me manage it. Notice he didn't, he didn't say, uh, keep it closed because uh, all the time and not say anything. No, it's just called management. Manage, what does that mean? Well, I process my emotions in a healthy way. That's managing. I bring it in subject to the Holy Spirit. That's managing. And then I say something that really is true according to God's word. I'm managing it get it? Proverbs 13.3 says, self-control means controlling the tongue. Psalms 19.14 says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. This week woke up and Allie and I like to get in the word. Sometimes we're in the, in the living room, sometimes we're in bed, but Naomi will come and jump in bed with us and immediately she's wide open and she wants to get on her iPad she wants to do this she wants to do that and I said Allie I mean Naomi just let's just sit there and 
meditate. She goes, what? I said, just think about how good God is. Think about love. Think about peace. And so she's sitting here saying these words, and I'm just teaching her to meditate. Just pause for a minute. Just slow down. He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Do you know that what you meditate on will become, begin to come out of your mouth? It'll be, begin to come out in your actions. How you meditate towards the idea of a person or people will begin to come out in your behaviors towards them. Do you know that? So I want to walk you through something that I love to do as a routine checkup for my life. We've been talking about doing routine checkups. We said when you have a colonoscopy, you go get checked up, right? And if they find something, you do something about it, right? Well, you, scripture tells us to do routine checkups. How, are, how am I doing spiritually? Where am I at? I had this thing go on this week. Why? So let me show you. Just get in that place where you, you are and where you know you're with the Lord. Maybe you're heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, or your head's up and your eyes are open, I don't know, whatever it is that you do, you know you can feel the presence of God, and I ask myself these things, Lord, is there an emotion in me that you want to heal? That's a very vulnerable, vulnerable question, just ask him where you're at, Lord, is there any emotion you'll start to identify a feeling, an emotion, an event, something you do, something that you tend to lean toward. And then I ask him, Lord, where did that emotion come from and when did it start? Show me yourself in my life at that time. Sometimes we think we're alone. And when the Lord is right there with us. And then Lord, will you help me forgive that person? Or those people? Or that situation? In that time of my life. take you to a place where you've been hurt but he's with you where you've been wounded but he's for you where you've been you believed a lie but he's got the truth maybe you've been deceived but he had the answer and then God what is it that you want to say to me begins to make this beautiful exchange he helps me to identify my emotions my feelings, my hurt and it's almost as if he, if he uproots those and then he begins to give me the truth of his word and I get the choice to own that and put that in the place of my wound, my hurt, my feeling my unhealthy emotion that he's identifying in that time rejected when I receive that and I begin to make that my own 
and I start to feel light. I start to feel inspired. I start to feel free. You know why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I've just given him access to an area of my life where I was hurting, where I was wounded, where I was emotionally unhealthy. And I made that beautiful exchange for the sake of my wife, my family, the people around me, my staff, you. Because it's just not worth carrying the unhealthy actions and emotions that want to rest in my soul now and in the future because of things that took place in the past. And then this lastly, God, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Will you fill me with your presence? Will you fill me with your joy, your love? Will you fill me with peace and patience and kindness and gentleness? Father, will you fill me with your goodness? Will you give me your heart for others? And Lord, please help me with self-control. Please help me. Because I don't want to lose everything because I have a lack of self-control. Father, I pray for every person in this place today. And I pray for healing. I pray for grace. I pray for your empowering grace that helps them all, helps us all move beyond our sins in life. Those sins that so easily entangle us. Father, I pray that you empower them in such a way that they can move from the old into the new. And as they begin to take every thought captive, that those, those emotions and they, those feelings get called out. They get named. They get challenged, Lord. And then they get changed according to your word, your truth. I pray that the things that they have experienced are being brought into the lens of your presence, the Son, Jesus Christ, and brought under the blood of the Lamb so that they may be set free from this day forward. Father, I pray for a united spirit in your body. I pray that your people are strengthened. I pray that your presence begins to reveal freedom after freedom as you, Lord, and only you can take us from glory to glory. And Father, may you be glorified in us because of the way we walk this life out, conforming to your image. Father, I pray for every person in this place to be renewed and refreshed this week and that relationships be restored in Jesus' mighty name. And if you're here today and you've yet to come to know the real, real, real Jesus, the relational Jesus, not the religious Jesus, but the relational Jesus, I want to introduce you to this Jesus. That's my Jesus, the Jesus that set me free, the Jesus that had grace that entered in in my time of need, the Jesus that loves me and gives me truth because he loves me so much, the Jesus that empowered me to move beyond my sins and continues to empower me to move beyond my my sin life. Father, I just pray that you begin to speak to your people, and if you are the one, and you are the one that needs to meet the real Jesus, I want to encourage you today, because after this worship set, our altar team will be up here, and they would love to walk you through it. They would love to help you to understand what it means to know the real Jesus. If, you're, if this is your first time here, or if we have not met you, our staff will be over in our Connect Center, Connect Room, right next door. It'll be open. I'd love to meet you. Love to get to know you. We have a gift for you. We're thankful that you're here, and we want to do life with you. We want to grow and be strengthened and change the world around us in Henderson County. So I love you guys. Uh, let's pray together. Let's, let's, let's praise together. Rather, let's stand up. You guys go ahead, and we are out of here. Have a wonderful day.